Cheryl Shaw has joined us today. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you, Sarah. Dr. Kimberly Earl, wonderful to see you back. Thank you so much. In your sloth scrubs, oh, I nonetheless, I love those. My slow rider. They're yeah. so cute. They're little <laughs> sloths riding a pink bike and it says slow ride. I just love it. It's so cool. I feel like I'm on Grey's Anatomy when you come in with your scrubs on. <laughs> now, Cheryl, what are we uh, chatting about today, if time permits? Okay, we're going to be heading to the laundry. To the laundry? Yep. Not my favourite place, though. No, God. Avoided at all costs. <laughs> but, okay, something we, we need to chat about, I understand. Dave, you're in Huntley. Welcome to the program. Tell Kimberly what's going on with your dog. Oh, hi. Uh, well, she's an old dog. She's a blend. She's no great uh, breed, but uh, she's a happy dog. She gets plenty of exercise. She eats well. And I just noticed she's starting to eat grass a lot. Okay, and so this is new for her, and she's an older dog. Uh, no, probably five-year-old, six-year-old. Oh, year old. okay, yeah. So, and is she vomiting after she eats the grass or she's just going around chowing down on some tasty leaves? Oh, leaves? I haven't seen a vomit after. No, I haven't seen a okay, vomit. Okay, great. So, I mean, we do see dogs that will eat grass to try to help them um, purge. They sort of, like, will eat a bit of grass and it sort of roughs up the tummy and, and quite often um, it'll help them vomit. Um, and so if that's the kind of behavior we're seeing, then we're always worried that there's a bit of an upset tummy underlying it. But we certainly do see dogs that just will graze and eat grass. Um, my last golden retriever was like that. She was a chronic grass eater. She just liked to eat it. Um, and it looks like my new one is also following in her footsteps. <laughs> um, I often find they do it after exercise, particularly, or, or during exercise, if there's no water um, around right at hand. I find like quite often we'll go and see them eating a little bit of grass that that way um and yeah it just seems to be something that some dogs prefer to do i guess a little bit like cats some cats love to eat a bit of grass too so if it's not a problem she's not bringing it up you know you're not seeing it as a purging behavior it's probably just a personal preference she likes there's something tasty about it um and it's not a problem so that's really good um but yeah if you're seeing it as a like she's eating grass and then she's vomiting he or she then um they're definitely something you know you want to probably have a chat with a vet about it but if it's just a um, a bit of a graze i find mine likes to eat the really long grasses that are sort of long and juicy and tender okay um, okay well, thanks for that i just <laughs> I just wasn't sure whether it was a problem or not. Yeah, with with a lot of rain recently, the grass is growing really long, so it might just be that there's something extra tasty. Um, I have noticed my dog's digging up grubs out of the yard as well. So and eating like, them? Well, I don't know, but like she'll she'll <laughs> like she listens. She gets her nose right down. She snuffles in the dirt, and then she listens. You can hear, and she sort of jumps around as if she's bouncing onto something and then she'll start to snuffle and eat through the through wow. the roots and the grass so i've got like a zillion holes in my backyard at the moment <sighs> if only it was truffles you could you know capitalize on <laughs> truffle it. dog yes pretty sure there's just grubs so. um kimberly for those dogs that do eat grass and purge yeah is that so you mentioned we need to go to the vets is that if they're doing it on a semi-regular basis if yeah. it just happens every now and then if it's just okay? every once in a while it's probably not a big deal um you know i think just like you or I, we get an upset tummy from time to time and dogs eat silly things. So quite often they'll get an upset tummy from time to time. If they're otherwise bright and happy, I certainly grass eating and then vomiting wouldn't make me run to the vet straight away. But if you're noticing that your dog is doing it on a regular basis, um, then I definitely think it's probably, you know, worthwhile. It's it's often an indication they might have a, a food intolerance or something else you yeah. know, going on like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some really good advice. Thank you very much.
much for the call, Dave. 49216216 is our number. We've got a free line if you've got a question for Kimberly. And Kimberly, we've had an email come in uh, throughout the week as well. Was it from Yes, from Donna. Donna. Thank you, Donna. So um, I'll read the email. It says, we've just noticed our 12-year-old Staffy has lost her hearing. Is there anything we can do to help her adapt? She's spending a lot of time outside now and we believe she does not understand why she cannot hear anything anymore. Um, thanks from Donna. So yeah, Donna, listen, older dogs often will lose their hearing. It's a really, really common thing. Um, I think in terms of helping her adapt, you know, some of these dogs, their vision is going as well. So we often have, you know, a few different disabilities happening there. But we talk to people about trying to um, use vibrations. So lots of times people will notice the dog has stopped hearing because when they come home and the dog's inside, they come home and they close the door and like the dog hasn't heard the car and hasn't realized yeah. that they've arrived. Um, so we do things like, you know, trying to, to walk loudly or stamp on the ground a little bit, something that's going to cause a vibration when the dog is, you know, sort of sleeping. Um, sometimes you can change the pitch. Sometimes their hearing loss is in a particular range. Mm. So making a lower noise or making a higher pitched noise uh, might work as well to sort of try to help. Um, luckily, dogs do really well well um you know without their hearing um sometimes sometimes dogs start to sleep really well because like they're all of a sudden not hearing all the neighborhood dogs barking and things like that so sometimes it can really help them to uh, particularly if you've got an anxious dog those sorts of things um so i think you know looking looking around at what you can do to try to help make her aware the times we have to be careful is um you know, having her off leash, if you're taking her to dog parks and things like that, it's a lot harder to get them to recall when they can't hear. So um, working on training, you know, training her back um, with hand signals. Dogs are very visual learners anyway, so they learn hand signals really, really well. Um, so start pairing your, um, you can do it early as a young dog as well, but start pairing your um, commands that you give them with a hand signal and that can really help them to transition as they get older and they start losing their hearing so we um, do that in my house with my dog we have we tell her to sit but there's also a hand signal and so it's a good idea. Um, you can you know I can give her the hand signal without saying anything so if, she, if she's outside between the glass and me and I don't want to have to yell you know sit before you come in um, I can give her the hand signal and she now will see she will sit before you know before I say anything oh, that's so that can cool. be really really helpful and then you can show well. off to your friend when you're in the park <laughs> as well, which is also a bonus. Okay, yeah. 49216216. Uh, Paul's given us a call. Paul, hello. You've got a dog that's eating dead worms. Delicious. <laughs> well, uh, the dog obviously thinks it's delicious, but I guess uh, you're sort of a bit along the same vein as your earlier caller. Yeah. Um, the worms, um, which I think for most suburbs come out onto the concrete after yeah. periods of heavy rain and they dry out and, and die. Yeah. And uh, my dog seems to have a particular attraction to them. Yeah. And, uh, I just wonder if I should be concerned or uh, just do my best <laughs> yeah. to avoid them. Cheryl's think, face right now. I don't now. think there's any major problem with worm eating. Um, there would be some parasites that they could get from eating snails. I think slugs and snails are probably to be discouraged. But worm eating, that just sounds like a tasty doggy treat to me. Really, particularly <laughs> if they're all dried up and crunchy. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I would get too worried about it. I think you know it's everything in moderation, right? I think if your dog were to like eat on a whole bowl of worms that somebody's child has left out and they've all died and dried up, that's probably um, going to cause a bit of a tummy upset. But um, you know, a worm here or there. Um, you know, half a dozen worms a day is probably not going to be a major <laughs> trauma. So yeah, I think I don't. I don't think I get too worked up about it. Um, it's a bit yucky yeah. for us, 
but you know, dogs. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, lots exactly. worse things that dogs can eat. Well, what's that song? Nobody yeah. loves me, everybody hates me. I guess I'll go eat worms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, my my wife is convinced that it's good for iron intake. Oh yeah. Well, dogs, yeah. So, probably yeah. is a little bit of something natural. So yeah, I think I would I would discourage snails, but I don't have an issue with worms. Okay, thank you for the <laughs> well, thank No you. worries, Paul. Okay, bye. Oh, you just never know what's going to pop up uh, for a pet chat. It could be a worm. Yeah. Hello, Ian. Welcome uh, to the show. You've got a question for Dr. Kimberly Earl. Yeah, I have. Um, we've got a Cocker Spaniel. He's just 11 months old. Actually, he's 12 months old in a couple of days. Okay. But we've noticed, but we've noticed he, he, doesn't be, uh, he, he doesn't be able to focus on us. Is that okay. unusual? Well, it could be, I guess. I mean, so he's a young dog, right? So we could be seeing yeah. a behavioral, not problem, a behavioral thing where we've got, you know, a young dog, a puppy who they fo- they, they're like children. They struggle to focus on anything um, at that age. So it could be, you know, I want to pay attention. I want to, ooh, toy. Um, that, that certainly can happen with young dogs. I guess we would probably want to have her, him or her assess him to see whether there's an actual visual problem. Again, in a young dog, there could be some congenital problems. Um, We can see issues where the retina at the back of the eye maybe doesn't form, and so the dog doesn't have um, optimal vision. Uh, There could be problems with things like dry eye where they get a bit of cloudiness. Um, Is the dog, does he seem to rub at his eyes or scratch, rub his face, anything like that? No, no, he doesn't, no. No. And what about, does he bump into anything? Any walking into walls or corners or...? Yes, he does run into, he does run into things. Like, we've just come home and met him at the front, at the gate. Yeah. And he's, he's come around the corner and we were standing in front of us and he started to bark. He didn't know who we were. Right, okay. Yeah, well, that, you know, that sounds a little bit unusual for a young dog. I think it's probably... Um, definitely worthwhile, you know, a trip up to your local vet and just have his eyes checked out um, and see if there's, you know, something going on there that they can see. They may refer you actually to um, uh, an eye specialist if it's something that, you know, that they're concerned about um, because eyes are a bit, uh, they're a bit of a special area um, and we don't always have, you know, as a general practitioner, we don't always have all the answers, um, but there are people who come up to this area um, you know, periodically who you could see in the local area. So it doesn't necessarily mean um, traveling. But I, I would start with your local vet, get them to have a bit of a look and, and there'll be some tests that they can do to see. Um, and it may be that there's something that's treatable or maybe that there's an underlying problem um, that the pup was born with. So yeah, definitely worthwhile getting him checked out. Um, doesn't mean he can't have a great quality of life, even if there is a, a visual site, yeah. you know, visual issue there. But um, yeah. probably worthwhile knowing earlier rather than later. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks Ian. Ian. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Russell now in Morpeth. Uh, Morpeth, you have a couple of questions about your dog and whether you can wake them when they're dreaming. Ah, uh, yeah. I've got two um, two questions. I've got two golden retrievers. One's nearly five months, and the other one's a lot older, eight and a half years. Now, the younger one, he he rolls over and he likes you to scratch his tummy. Yeah. But then his back back legs are like cycling 
like when he's on a push bike. So is that hurting him or is he no, enjoying that? No, you've just found his special itchy spot. Lots of dogs will have an itchy spot, whereas it's a it's a bit of a reflex action. You get onto the um, the spot and they're probably a little bit extra sensitive in that area. And then as you start to scratch it, their leg gets going. And um, my golden retriever does the same thing. She's got an itchy spot on her right-hand side. Um, I don't think it's painful at all. They seem to actually quite enjoy it. Sometimes some dogs, if they have an underlying skin problem, their whole skin is itchy and you can elicit that sort of a response um, because they're super sensitive. But if you've got a normal dog with normal skin, you've just found a particular, you know, sensitive spot. Like some people are a little bit more sensitive under the armpits if you tickle them there. Mm-hmm. And the the reflex response you're getting is that they get their leg up and they give you a bit of a, um, a bit of a scratch. And that may persist through that particular dog's life or it may settle down and go away. It just sort of depends. So um, I don't think it's painful um unless the dog you know is looking like he's not enjoying it um or if there's any wounds or, or problems on the skin there but mostly that's pretty typical yeah. well that's good now i've got another question with the older dog yeah he sleeps a lot and he must be dreaming and sometimes it sounds like he's in the dog fight it sounds like he's in a lot of pain yeah should i wake him up or not yeah so I think most of the time when dog, well, I like to think because I, I don't know, I haven't spoken to any dog psychics about it, but um, <laughs> you, you often get that where the dog is, they're lying on their side, they're yipping, sometimes they're barking, occasionally they'll get a little bit of a growl, sometimes their legs even start to paddle mm. a little bit. Um, I like to think that they're chasing cats and playing in the meadows with flowers and other dogs jumping around. Who knows? Um, I don't think it's a major issue. I think you need to be a little bit careful um, waking an older crotchety dog. You know, if you're going to wake them up during that, they're, they're probably in a pretty deep sleep. Um, and you wouldn't want to startle them. Um, but if it's a golden retriever and it's just sort of sleeping, I tend to make a bit of a whistle or make a bit of a clap, call their no- their name a little bit if you're concerned. I-, I think it's unlikely to be a problem. I'm sure they're just imagining chasing a ball or chasing something fluffy. Um you know, who, who knows what dogs dream about, but they definitely do do it. My golden retriever last night, I woke up in the middle of the night. She was suckling. She's making little suckling noises as if oh. she was still suckling on her mom, which she hasn't done for a long time. But she was doing yip, yip. And then I could hear, is it a, is it a boy dog? <laughs> Mine? No, mine's a girl. Oh, no, mine's a girl. Unusual. Anyway, so um, I think, I don't think it's a problem. I think if you're going to wake them up, don't just put your hand on them because I think if they're in the middle of a, um, a very exciting dream time chase, you wouldn't want to startle them. But call the name if you're worried about it. But I tend to just let it go. I get out my video camera and I start, you know, my phone and I start taking videos and laughing at them personally. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a problem. I think it's just fairly normal dog behavior. Thanks, Russell. Appreciate the call. 49216216 if you've got a question for Kimberly as well. Uh, now we had someone that phoned in about worms. Apparently they're a better source of protein than just about anything and have been ground up into powder and used as a supplement. Yeah, listen, I mean, they're they're another source of protein. I think um, as long as we, you know, we are pretty happy that they died because they drowned or whatever whatever causes <laughs> worms to die. You know, they haven't been poisoned, things like that. Um, I'm sure they're a very good source of protein. They don't have a lot of, um, you know, chitin or bony structure or, or cartilage even really. They're fairly soft and squishy. Um, so, you know, I think, like I said, I don't think there's a major problem with eating worms. I'm sure lots of, um, people have 
survived eating worms from time to time. So, yeah. So go for it if go the dogs are it. doing it. Go for it if the dogs are doing it. No big deal. Yeah. Gay, you've given us a call from Madawi and you've got a question for Kimberly about your three-year-old Cavoodle. Yeah, she's 19 months old, um, but whenever it rains, she won't go outside to the, to the toilet. She does it inside. Oh, she's um, feeling a little bit precious about getting her feet wet, is she? <laughs> Yeah. So listen, I mean, I think a lot of a lot of dogs are like that. They they actually don't like to get their feet wet, um, and we find some of them will um, yeah will avoid you know being outside. Um, we haven't had too many thunderstorms, so it's probably not like storm phobia as such, but just the the fact they don't actually like to walk on the wet grass um so this is mostly a training issue um and you know really often about how much um freedom she's allowed to have in the house and making sure that she's going out and it might mean you have to treat her again a little bit like a puppy or you might clip her onto a leash and take her outside um and and make her do her business outside um you know with with a person standing there yeah i take her out and Yeah. Gay, having bread poodles, I'm quite um, used to people complaining about their poodles being precious and not wanting to toilet outside. Only when it's raining. But one of the tricks that we use is to um, have a face washer or a little chamois next to the door. When you take your dog out, it must be on a
wipe the feet with that little towel and make a big fuss and give some treats while you're doing that because that will then give them a reason that their feet are going to be dry or at least towel dried and they'll often um, tolerate that a lot more because they know when they come in they're getting some extra attention from you and that you're going to take some of that moisture off their feet. Um, but like Kimberly said, sometimes the boots are a good thing but you can almost see the dog look at the rain and go, nah, I'm not going out. <laughs> so definitely... Put on your raincoat, get your brolly, attach the lead, take your puppy out and stay there until it's, you know, it's been to the toilet and then come in and wipe those feet because you'll get really good results from using that technique. I, I will keep going and I will certainly do that. There you go. They're almost <laughs> too smart. <laughs> yeah, no, you can, just, you can just sort of see them looking at the rain going, no way am I going out there. And the other thing that you can use on your turf, that AstroTurf, if you get a little bit of ammonia and pop a few drops of ammonia on that, often that will trigger a dog to urinate on that ammonia because it has that smell of, of urine. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Some good tips there. Yeah. I'd like... Love to hear how you go, Gay. Make yeah, sure you give us, us a call in a few weeks. I definitely will. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think you're going to have plenty of opportunity to test it out. <laughs> oh, I've had a nightmare, honestly. She's so small. She's like a little human anyhow. Oh, but gosh. Just, oh, I've tried and tried and tried. And, oh, you know. You're at your wit's end. I put a nose in it if I put her outside. No matter what I do. Gay, another thing, just make sure that um, on her pads the hair is really trimmed quite short because that won't hold as much moisture because often we find with poodles when they've got their feet shaven like little poodle feet, they don't track as much water so they're not quite as fussed about um, going outside, um, about having wet feet from going outside. Yeah, I get it. So she gets all that done. That's good. Okay. okay. I just love it. I just love how different breeds have such different traits and characteristics. And yeah. Cheryl, obviously, you're all over the poodles. You yes. know exactly what they do. I bet your golden retriever doesn't care about the rain. My golden retriever hears the heavy rain starting to come down onto the roof of the over the, the deck, the patio, and she goes to the door because she loves to stand underneath where the rain runs <laughs> off the roof, and she stands underneath it. She tries to catch it with her mouth she gets all over her she thinks the rain is the best oh so I'm constantly gosh. having to towel dry her and towel dry her feet because any bit of wet any bit of mud she wants it oh my gosh <laughs> I just love it well some great advice there uh, we're going to go to another caller hello if you phone for pet chat oh hello Hi. have we got you there what's your name uh, Brian Brian what's your question today for Kimberly um Similarized what that uh, last that he had. I got a, a five-month-old miniature dash hound. I've only had him for a month. Um, we've been going through toilet training and getting somewhere. We haven't got the stage where we go to the back door to want to go outside to get to the toilet. But the last two days, no, take him outside, won't go to plays, does everything else, stand out there for half an hour, nothing. Walk inside, he'll do and he'll wet everywhere. Yeah. Um, so we, it, we have a mat, yep. and he does sometimes use that to go to do wheeze on, but won't poo on it. He just wheeze on that. Um, yeah, it's just so frustrating. You think it you is. take him outside no matter what. And it, 
it's yeah. it's a puppy training thing. Remember, he's a he's a puppy. He's going to go through lots of different phases. They're often behavioral. Puppies get distracted really, really easily. Um, it's really common for for puppies around this age to you know people take them outside and they think you know I'll give them an opportunity to pee. And really, the puppy is like, ooh, outside. There's noises. There's smells. There's all sorts of things. Um, and they get distracted and they forget what they're doing. And then you, as the owner, gets tired and like you've got other things to do. Life has to to go around around this puppy um and so you've sort of given up and you've taken the puppy must not have to go and you get inside and the puppy's like oh i'm back in the house again and they're all those fun and exciting things they're all dampened down or they're not here and so it's like oh yeah i forgot i had to pee and so they go in the house so you know i think it's frustrating but it's probably just a normal part of um puppy training and that you just have to like you have to wait them out um and you know i think this is and for gay as well this is where um crate training if you have crate trained your puppy um dogs inherently for most most of them want to be clean and so if you've taken your puppy outside and they haven't done what you needed them to do and you've crate trained them pop them back into the crate they can sit in the crate for half an hour 40 minutes and that way they should have it should give them an incentive to hang on to their body functions so that when you've you know made your cup of tea or done whatever you had to do and you go okay now I'm going to take the puppy out again you're going to put the put excuse me put the puppy back on the leash <laughs> it's going to and poop. carry them outside um or walk them outside again um and then hopefully the puppy is that much more you know sort of desperate to go that they it, it comes to the forefront of their brain they don't get distracted as fast they're like oh yeah I do have to pee and we do that out there so crate training is another um another really great way to help with that I'm not proposing that we leave puppies locked in their cages all day but I am using it as a tool to try to give them incentive to hang on to their body functions until they're in a more appropriate location um, and that can be really helpful and and don't you know there's no problem with a puppy spending a bit of time um, on their own in a crate as long as they're getting lots of you know opportunities to go out to the toilet and interact throughout the day as well yeah. well we we put i fed him this morning at about seven o'clock yep and then i popped him outside and yep. he's been outside until 11 30 yeah normally he, he would go between 20 minutes and an hour we've sort of been watching the yeah. time from eating to toileting yep and i thought well yeah he'll be right now he's been outside for four and a half yeah. hours but he wasn't. But it, We're just yeah. running out of time as well, unfortunately. Yeah, so the last today. thing I'd say is in that four-hour block, that puppy probably needs to toilet about four times. So um, he probably has toileted, but he probably hadn't toileted recently enough. And so that's the, the trouble with being unsupervised outside. Well, mm. some great uh, questions, some great calls today. Look, if you didn't get your call in, we are back next week. So we would love to hear from you. Cheryl, you're not, though. We've got Denny next week. So Denny's you, turn. You get a week off. Yes, thank mm. you. And you get to save your... A wonderful topic as well about the laundry. We don't know what that involves yet. Okay. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Kimberly, thank you. Oh, hi, Kimberly's mum. We haven't said hello today, tonight. I think she's there. She's yep. always there. Yeah. If you're on, she's there in Fort St. John. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>